Today is March 15th, 2017, and this is a recording I have been wanting to make for a long time. Maybe I've already uh, done it, but I lost it. I don't know where it is, or if I ever uploaded it. But um, I want to talk about all the places I've lived in my lifetime. <laughs> um, Right now, I'm in Florida. I've been here in the same place for several years, which is a record. I have never in my adult life been in one place this long. And not only that, but I'm pretty much homebound. I'm, I'm just here 24-7. You know, I'm in my wheelchair still. and. I have a lot of time to think and reminisce and I think it, it my life has been so chaotic and adventurous in so many ways up until this point that um, I think that's part of the reason why I can accept my reality so easy now and because I see it as a time of rest you know mentally and physically after a lifetime of chaos and constant transition, I, I, I reminisce often and wonder, why was it like that? Why is someone like me, such a, such a homebody and so, um, I, I never could stay in one place for long. And a lot of that is not my fault. Like really, it wasn't just me getting antsy and leaving. It was circumstances that just kept kept um, shaking me up and kept me on the move. And it's a little troubling sometimes when I think about all of it, but I don't know why um, all the chaos and stuff happened, but I do know that those memories are helping me now to be more content and and satisfied with every day because um, you know I've already been there <laughs> I've already had so many adventures and troubles and just those memories it's like now I'm like oh, like I'm homebound okay I can't I can't even stand up can't walk um but I think my situation now would make a lot of people feel crazy but not me it's like, this is the first and only time in my life that everything is predictable and smooth sailing. Um, I'm not living the high life either. I mean, I'm living a very humble, simple life. And uh, I'm totally okay with it. I think some people from the outside looking in would think... <laughs> I've had a lobotomy or something. <laughs> how can how can this be okay? But it really is. It's wonderful. It's like it's an oasis after such turbulence. Okay. Anyway, blah blah blah. Sorry, I I still ramble. I'm sorry. I haven't made a recording in a long time. In fact, you know, just yesterday I had one of my fits and said I was done with the internet forever. I'm done. Threw my tablet towards my husband, not at him, but, you know, like, get this away from me, I'm going crazy, 
never going to get on it again. But the next day, here I am making a whole new recording, so I don't know anymore. I may be crazy, y'all. I don't know. Okay. This one's going to be called All of My Homes. And I know I've done this before, but I think it just slipped through the cracks somewhere, so it never got posted. <laughs> you know, and another idea I had was making one called All of My Jobs, which would be absolutely hilarious. And then a terribly bad idea, which I will not follow through on, would be All of My Boyfriends. And I'm not going to do that, so rest assured. But it would be absolutely hilarious if I had no scruples, you know, didn't care about what anyone thought or anything. I would, yeah, but, okay, I'm just going to do this one today. This is called All of My Homes. Um, okay, and I didn't make a list first. I didn't make a bullet point list to help me with my memory. I'm just going to um, walk you through this journey in my mind. You're going to walk with me and and um, relive this, this timeline. Okay, let's start in 1969. I was born in Dallas, Texas. I grew up in Oak Cliff, which is Dallas, in an old home that was built in 1903 or 1907. I can't remember which. It was an old two-story home with a pier and beam foundation underneath and um, big white pillars on the front. It was on the corner of Tyler and Nolte in Oak Cliff. And the years have gone by and they've renovated it and made it really nice. But that's where I grew up. That's where I was born. Where I was born in another house somewhere when I was just a baby. I mean, <laughs> I was born when I was a baby. Oh, man. You know, I'm not going to edit this. And I just woke up a couple hours ago, so. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Um... What was I saying? Maybe, maybe I was born in another house in Dallas, but we moved to this old white house when I was like six months or something. And um, the happiest, funnest memories, so awesome. Went to St. Elizabeth Catholic School. I was the only one in my fifth grade class not to get confirmed because I knew then it just wasn't right. That's a whole nother story. Um, had a wonderful childhood, all the happy Oak Cliff memories, wooden nickel night, the Redbird Skateland, and Aunt Stella's snow cones. We'd ride our bikes all over the place. Us, the neighborhood kids, we'd get together and ride our bikes all over. We'd go to the YWCA for swimming. We'd go to Griner Public Pool and Weiss Park. Oh, so, so awesome. Such a good time growing up in the 70s in Oak Cliff. It was wonderful. Oh, and my best friend was Michelle. She lived down the street, and I had a crush on her big brother, who I am now married to. <laughs> yeah, I actually prayed when I was little. We were all at the pool. We were all we all rode our bikes up to the Y, and um, I was like eight or nine years old, still banished to the children's pool because I couldn't pass their stupid swimming test to go in the, you know, the other half of the deep end where the cool kids were. I couldn't do their, um, their official way of swimming. You know, I'd like to doggy paddle, and apparently I just couldn't do their 
tests. So I was banished to the the kiddie pool even when I was like eight or nine. <laughs> and um, I was kind of nerd when it came to athletic stuff. Um, but I remember being up there with, it was me and Michelle and her brothers and some more neighborhood kids. I remember being in the in the shallow end just watching David, who's now my husband, um, he and another neighborhood kid were doing cannon bombs. Cannon bombs? Is that what you call them? Off the side of the pool into the deep end. And David's like two years older, two or three years older than me, two and a half years. I just thought he was so cool and cute. And I remember praying, standing there in the, in the pool, praying. I said, dear God, when I grow up, please let me marry David. <laughs> I had such a crush on him, but I didn't tell anybody. I didn't want anyone to know that God remembered that prayer. Yeah, we reconnected way down the road, and we're married now. So, um, Happy memories in Dallas. Anyway, that was my beloved childhood home on the corner of Tyler and Nolte. I'll never forget it. I love it. I never forget I hugged the house goodbye the day we were moving. We moved in 1981 to DeSoto, Texas, a suburb of Dallas. It's where everybody was moving. And I'll never forget, we were loading up our last load, and I remember standing there on the front porch with my arms wrapped around one of the pillars, and I cried. And I, I told the house goodbye. <laughs> I told I said I love you. Thank you for taking care of us. And I love you and I'm gonna miss you and I don't wanna leave you. I, I remember talking to the house that day. <laughs> um Man, that was hard. So I think I was twelve, eleven or twelve when we moved. I guess eleven. It was nineteen eighty one. So we moved to DeSoto, Texas in a pretty nice home for back then especially it was in the North Meadows edition which was a newly built neighborhood it was right by 35 and it was a really nice house and good times became a teenager in DeSoto had a lot of good times and Let's see, I lived in that house until I moved out for the very first time in 1991 with my new husband, Tommy, and my daughter, Leah. Moved out for the very first time. I was 21. Yeah. I was 21, and we got a little apartment in DeSoto. Wooded Creek Apartments. And that lasted about six months. We kind of fell through financially. It's just not, we weren't ready. Um, so we fall back to one of our parents' house, either back to my house, you know, or to his grandmother's house. We began a cycle, a pattern of striking out on our own, trying to make it. And then going strong for 
almost a year at some place and then falling back on one of our parents so I don't know many how many times we moved back to either his grandmother's house or my parents house just back and forth back and forth back and forth it's crazy but we did the best we could we weren't exactly stable you know financially but Tommy and I were a unified team with our parenting so <laughs> we we have no regrets there I mean we messed up in the world a little bit like you know but we were really good parents and it was it was all good it's all good the way it all turned out okay so I moved back and forth back and forth back and forth so many times and on one of these little times, like in 93, 1993, we were able to get a little wood frame home in DeSoto on Church Street. It was 213 Church Street, I think. 213, I don't remember. And then we stayed there for about a year, and then we moved down the street to another house on Chowning in DeSoto, another rent house. That lasted for about six months, and then we had to pack up and go back to one of our parents' house. I don't know. See, I stayed home with Leah. I stayed home with her. So we were operating just on one income, and Tommy was only 18 when we became parents. <laughs> or 19, I don't know. So, yeah. It was kind of an uphill thing. Logistically. Um... And because this recording is going to be about all the places I've lived, I won't go into the way each one was. But on another recording, sometime in the future, I need to tell you about the, the house. The scary house, but no, I better not, never mind. Um, okay. Just a blur, back and forth, back and forth. back and forth, different parents. Then we go to his grandmother's house one last time. <coughs> and she's just, Leo's just about to start first grade. So I knew I would be able to work for the first time without paying for daycare. You know, I didn't have a college degree or anything. I have two years of college. After I graduated high school in DeSoto, I have about two years of of community college, mostly art and literature classes, pretty much whatever I wanted to take. <laughs> took all the art classes and design and ceramics and all that and um, all the literature, creative writing, all that. So yeah, I've got two years of college, but that doesn't mean I have all the proper credentials to say I'm properly educated for two years. <laughs> I uh, couldn't pass college math for the life of me. Just cannot, my brain cannot do the math. Okay. So, in 1995, or no, 1996, Leah's starting first grade. So I knew I'd be able to work in the day for the first time without paying for daycare. So, so... That's when I get a, um, 
We got a duplex in DeSoto. It was pretty nice. I liked it a lot. It was like a townhome, two-story townhome. Um, so we moved there, but it's also when some trouble hit in our marriage and we separated. Um, I guess it's 1997. And we separated in <clears throat> then that year, Joe died. That New Year's Eve, Joe died. My brother. And I had to move, like, overnight. It, yeah. So I'm uh, just... This is where it began, where I started throwing things away and not holding on to things anymore because just the constant moving especially as a single woman, you don't always have help. And you just learn it's easier to lighten your load, especially with furniture and stuff. There's nobody there to, to help you. And you can't be breaking everyone's backs in the family, asking them to move this or that for you. So I just found that it was easier just to start traveling light. So that's when I learned to just let belongings go. So, for just a lot of a lot of reasons, when when Joe died, without getting too in depth here, <coughs> I had to let that townhome go and just moved in, to stay with my mom. You know, she just lost Joe. It was a huge family tragedy. Like it's an understatement, and I just moved in there with Leah to just to be there just to kind of come together I didn't have a career built up yet I didn't have and I had just I was in the middle of my own divorce now so I basically was stepping out into the world with nothing no resources no nothing no career and everything just the floor just fell out from underneath me and um, I think that's just when everything just fell apart in my head and I began this race, this race, this running that began and didn't stop for a long time. A lot of chaos happened when Joe died. I was just unable to, and this is like right at the time when I was supposed to gather all my strength and develop some kind of a career to support myself. I had been a stay-at-home mom all those years. So like overnight, I'm single and needing to support myself and my daughter and my brother dies and so I'm just <laughs> a little bit crazy yeah this gets into a blurry time here I won't go too in depth here but after I moved back to my mom's that lasted a few months and then I went and stayed with somebody in Corsicana in a mobile home out in Corsicana. And then, after six months or so, seven, eight months, I moved back to Oak Cliff to stay with my dad for a little while, who was fixing up my childhood home that I described 
in the beginning to sell. He, he, he owned it all through the years, and he was fixing it up to sell it. So I went and stayed there with him for a while. 1998, 1999. I was able to get a stable job, find some stability finally. And Leah's with me this whole time, so... And I managed to keep her in her school in Ruby Young and DeSoto the whole time. So, a lot of highway driving. So, um, I was able to get a job at a health food store in Oak Cliff. So I got a good income coming in in 1999. And I was able to get a little apartment in DeSoto. Until something happened there, something scary happened. I just, I got scared. I just got scared. Something happened. Someone broke in and was there at night. I wasn't harmed. They got out through the window when I was sleeping. They hid from me. Because I had this feeling that someone was in the house and I prayed out loud. I prayed out loud, and whoever was in there left in the middle of the night, left the window. The dresser pulled out from the window, and I freaked out. I mean, I freaked out and decided I needed to get out of there, and I moved across town to Dallas, to north, to far north Dallas, where my mom had just gotten an apartment. And I was like, hey, can I come out there? And, and um... Leah and I come out there, and I'm still searching, you know, I'm still searching, how am I going to get by, and so we go out to North Dallas, where I get a, even a, an even better job in health food stores, selling supplements, that ended up, that ended up becoming my career, um, so, stay, I started at my mom's apartment in North Dallas, till I found some stability with my new job and then so I got a, an apartment for Leah and I right down the road in North Dallas. It was a cute apartment, I was doing well, selling my paintings and then another scary thing happened. I had a, a stalker situation that happened three times. On the third time, on the third police report, the cop actually advised me to leave to get out of there because it's gotten pretty bad was breaking in and to my apartment and being very, very creepy and scary. And um, so after that apartment, I called out my dad to come rescue me. <laughs> this is a crazy man doing something very gross, scary. And when even the cop advises you to leave, you, you leave. So. so I moved to my dad's house in Richardson. So now we're in the year... 2002, and by this point, Leah had, she was in junior high, I think, and so she went to stay, she wanted to go live with her dad, who's still living in DeSoto, in the big old house, so I'm in Richardson, living at my dad's, selling my paintings, still working at health food stores, And about a year passes, 
then Leah wanted to come back to live with me, which was wonderful because I missed her, but, you know, it takes two. It takes two. You always got to put your kids first. Whatever's best for them at any given time. Sometimes it's living with mom, sometimes it's living with dad. Obviously, it's better living with both, but when there's a divorce, you have to think of what's best for your kid. You cannot be selfish. You cannot be emotionally selfish and base it on what feels good to you. You have to put them first, which is extremely difficult. Leah's my only child, but um, there were times when I knew that she needed to be with her dad, especially through my rough patches, through my instability. It, you know, you got to have, you got to protect your kid. And if the other parent can give them more of a stable foundation, you have to let them go. So, Plus, I wanted her to have a good relationship with her father. So I've always been thrilled and happy about that. But Leah's dad has always been so good with her and so loving. And she's got a dad who loves her. And that's worth more than gold in this world. That's wonderful. God bless Tommy. Um, so when I met my dad, I'd been at my dad's in Richardson for about a year. Leah wanted to come back to live with me. Great, wonderful, awesome. But she didn't like Richardson schools. We tried. I tried. She just wanted, always wanted to go back to DeSoto. Because DeSoto is her home base. She's an only child. And so school has always been very important to her, her social life. It's, it's, it's been the one constant thing, the one constant thread running through this chaos turbulence is was her school so I went to great lengths to make sure she could stay and a lot of logistical problems oh man she tried the Richardson school she didn't like it and it, it I didn't think it was gonna work out anyway us finding a home in Richardson because I couldn't really afford I have to base stuff on what I could afford, you know, as a single working woman with child support, not a lot, but a fair amount, enough. Um, so I'm thinking I need to get back to DeSoto, or at least that area down there. I didn't want to take her back to DeSoto schools. She was, she was going to be starting high school in a few years. I didn't want her finishing out DeSoto High School. But I decided that that area would be good for her. Red Oak, Midlothian, just so she could be in that area. So I moved down to I start with a, a home in DeSoto, a house. Some very nice person let me move in with him <laughs> in DeSoto. So I put Leah back in DeSoto schools. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, and then I find a place in Red Oak because I gave Leah a choice. You know, I didn't care. Red Oak or Midlothian, I don't care. You choose, Leah. Where are most of your friends going? So at that point in time, she wanted to start school in, in Red Oak. So I, I found a little place in Red Oak, which is where I got the West Nile 10 years ago or 11 years ago and could be the reason why I can't walk today. I just don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. I have no idea. It could be MS. It could be residual West Nile. It could just be me being me. <laughs> I don't know. All they know is for sure that I have a progressive nerve disorder. 
that's all they can diagnose me with at this point in time until I'm able to see some kind of a specialist who's willing to roll up his sleeves and really investigate, you know. And even then, I don't even care. It's almost, I'm better off not knowing the official label because then I would freak out and panic and start reading about it and probably have nightmares and freak out. So, you know, I know enough. I have a degenerative nerve disorder and, um, and that's that. So it's probably a combo pack of a lot of things. But anyway, it started, it started after I got the West Nile and the seizures and the encephalitis that landed me in the ER and that's where I'm getting to. Okay, that's what the little white house in Red Oak did. It was a little garage apartment. And then, then the next year, Leah wanted to go to Midlothian to finish out the rest of her high school years in Midlothian. So we get an apartment in Midlothian. And I'm still driving on the highways to my health food jobs across town in North Dallas. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then I'm in that Midlothian apartment for like six months, which I loved. It was a really cute place. I had planned on staying there. I had found a, I had found a, um, a really good job at another health food store in Duncanville by this point selling supplements and it was really good I loved the environment and I loved my apartment so that's probably where I would still be if none of this had happened um, and while in Midlothian it's when the seizures started and everything the infection from the West Nile had morphed into my brain and some stuff happened and I had to go to the ER and that's when they scanned my brain and found the lesion and that's, that, that was December of 2006. So, Leah, just overnight, Leah had to go live with her dad again. But she was able to stay in the Midlothian. She was able to graduate from Midlothian because my aunt helped. Leah would stay with my aunt. And it, it just, it all worked out. It all worked out. Um... So in December of 2006, I couldn't drive anymore. Everything just crazy. My brain just shorted out. My mom helped, came and got me. And I moved back in with my mom in far north Dallas, and that's when I got into Parkland. I had to get into the Parkland system. I had no health insurance, no nothing. I started off with the ER at her hospital, but I can't follow through. I don't have the money to follow through with any doctors or anything there, and so I had to make the ugh, unfortunate decision to go through Parkland, which involves a lot of waiting, and it's just, it was very depressing, but I'm thankful for it. Anyway, so I lived at my mom's apartment for a couple years while I was recuperating from this brain infection. Um, had some ups and downs, had some periods of strength and clarity. I was able to work part-time. I worked at some more health food stores while I was living out there. 
I was able to use her car in the evening when she came home. So I was able to stay functional on and off. You know, and it's frustrating because for a few months we would all think, I'm dying, and then the next few months the light comes back on and I'm well again. So it was very confusing for everyone what was happening with me. Um, I just stayed with relatives on and off, different relatives. Helped out with the kids and helped out where I could try to be somewhat of a addition. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> um, so that's just a blur. Um, yeah. Okay, and then, then in the summer of 2009, David and I connect on. Well, f because of Facebook, but not we're not connecting on Facebook. We we um, we just got back in touch. And he asked me to come down and visit him. You know, my heart starts pounding because I kind of knew I, God had kind of been He'd been preparing me for this. I even never mind. <laughs> so. I come down to Florida to visit him, and we end up going to the courthouse to get married. Yeah, so. I come back to Texas to get my things, but I panic and get scared for a variety of reasons, so I don't end up talking to him again for almost another year. You know, I'm still... I'm still trying to get my bearings from losing life as I knew it. Um, with the brain infection and just it left me mentally dependent on people, not just financial. It goes way beyond financial. I just I don't know, I can't even explain it. That's a whole other topic. But I needed people. I really needed people. I couldn't be alone. And so into I stay at my mom's, try to figure things out. I'm working part-time at a health food store, trying to get the courage up to reconnect with David. Not even sure if I should or not. <laughs> but every time I pray, I know in my heart I should. So... In the summer of 2010, I go stay with my grandmother for a change of pace, a new perspective. Um, God bless Grandma. So refreshing and encouraging and helped me sort things out a little bit. And then from Grandma's, I go stay with some other relatives. Um... Then I stay with a friend of the family for a while. Then I reconnect with David and say, let's do this. I'm ready, let's do this. So I come down to Florida. In the fall of 2010, I come down to Florida. <laughs> and he was, he and his mom were renting a house together. They had gone in on it together. So, which was really awkward 
you know, even though they're halving the bills, it's still like living with her. So it was interesting. And so a few months of that, and then we were able to get our own place together here. Um, and that's when we <laughs> got our own place together, when all the homeless people took over, and that's a whole other recording that I might link to in the description of this if I do post it. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've moved. I really don't. I, don't, I have no idea. I, I just, I don't want to count them. I, it's crazy. Um, then after living here with all the homeless people and stuff, because they, because our roommate was a disabled vet and he had lots and lots of friends and it caused a lot of problems. <laughs> Some stuff happened that made me freak out again to make me go back to Texas. Like, that's it, I've had enough. And I go back to Texas for a while. And then David followed me and I didn't know he was going to do it. I thought I was going to take a break and then I was going to come back, but he decided he'd had enough of this too. So he get, but I didn't have a place to live. So, um, <clears throat> that's when he got all his rehab stuff. He, he got his rehab, which he needed in Texas. So then we get back together in the summer of 2011. <laughs> We get back together and we decide to move to Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> Neither one of us knew anything about this place. Uh, again, I'll provide a link. And yeah, we go to Mobile, Alabama and we stay there for six months. We had no furniture, nothing. So funny. Um, you know, because I, I didn't come with anything, because I parted with all my stuff early on through the years, so I traveled light. I'm only 5'3". It's a small, small frame, and so I'm, I've always been strong, but I can't carry furniture around, and I never had the money for a mover or storage facility, so yeah, I've left a lot of stuff behind, and certain people just have never understood that, thinking I just don't care. No, I just, I don't want to break your back asking you to help me. I can't do it. So I've left a lot of stuff behind. And I uh, made a lot of heads shake along the way. A lot of people rolled their eyes and shake their heads at me who don't understand the, the chaos that I've had to endure ever since my divorce from Tommy. And my whole bottom fell out. The, my floor fell out from underneath me. No, no resources, no financial help, nothing. And with Joe dying... My whole family, it's not a good time for anybody. So I had no safety net. Everything just dispersed. So I struggled all through the years. And I never partook of any financial assistance, which I should have. Looking back, I should have. I just didn't know they were available to me. Like food assistance and stuff like that. I mean, I could have probably qualified for for help but I never did my, my family never did I mean, it's just not something we did and that was never presented to me as an option it just never crossed my mind so yeah I 
I struggled all through the years and drove a little beat, beat up little I drove a Geo Metro or it was a Chevy that year it was a Chevy Metro that year they alternated years and shopped at thrift stores and lived pretty minimally just in little apartments here and there it's not that I wanted to uh, see now I choose to live minimally now I want to do it by choice now but back then I just did the, the very best I could when you don't lie cheat or steal when you just make an honest living that's your reality you things are pretty basic so but now I want that on purpose now I choose to live minimally on purpose because I see life now I see progress as climbing a ladder and eventually that ladder is going to fall and the higher you are the, the more painful your fall is going to be I'm sorry I have learned that stuff is taken away from you the things you cling to and try to hold on to are taken away um, so from Mobile Alabama right around this time right around March of 2012 we decided to come back here to Florida so here we are We've been here since March of 2012 in the same neighborhood. Humble, simple, um, peaceful. And how many years is that? 15, 16, 17. Five years? We've been in the same place for five years. No trouble, no chaos. Um, and I can honestly say I'm home for the first time. I'm home. I'm married. I'm home. And I'm homebound. And I'm not going crazy and I'm happy. And I think it's because of all that chaos so I feel like I've been there and done that already. And what, what I just told you about was just the places I've lived. That's not including all the jobs and all the relationships, which I won't go into because it's just wrong. But it would be a highly entertaining recording. But I'm going to have to deprive you of that. But um, I have not known stability in my life till now. And I'm... I'm 47 now. This is the first time I've ever known stability. Hence, all the all the um, stuff I've been putting online. It's just been coming out of me. Like, um, I feel like I'm a little lemon that's just been squeezed. Like, all this stuff's coming out. Stuff I kept in for so long. And... All the things I was ever trying to say but couldn't say it. All the things I've always been about but nobody cared or wanted to hear. And all the things I stand for and believe in but it was too dangerous to speak out back then. Um, 
all this stuff has come out of me. It's been a long time coming. So, I don't know. Well, I guess that's it for this one. That's all the places I've lived. I don't know how many that adds up to. I have no idea. But it's been chaotic. <laughs> but hey, at least I'm going to call this one all of my homes. And it's not called all the times I've been homeless. Well, technically I was homeless. A lot of When you stay with people, you are technically homeless. But we just don't view it like that. Um... You know, I've had a lot to give, but I couldn't give it in the normal ways. So all my energy has been saved up and preserved for a time like this. All I can do is I can, I can talk and I can, I can share stuff. But it all comes from that messy chaos, the messy chaos of my past. But. I really didn't do on purpose. I really didn't mean to be unstable. I didn't mean to be so transient. I didn't mean to be that way. I was just trying to get by the best I could raising my daughter. And I was never in a position, a situation where I could afford health insurance. Leah was covered by her dad, but I wasn't. It's, it's not like I was so careless with myself. I wasn't. I just simply did the best I could. That's all. <laughs> okay, that's all for this one. <laughs>